This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is sponsored by Podcorn. Christian, we know life as a podcaster isn't easy. Monetizing your small independent podcast can lead to nothing but heartbreak and frustration. We didn't even know the first place to start and how to approach these companies. But then we found Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Damn it, with Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do. And Christian, I love their mission statement. To give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 112th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Prepping incantations to ward off supernatural dolls. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. This is the Amazing Nerd Show. All right, so Christian, this week we are actually recording this episode a little early. Uh, we usually record on Thursday nights, uh, but we're recording on Tuesday. So uh, that's all because we are down at C2E2 this weekend. Yes, come so, check us out. Yeah, so yeah, we'll be roaming around, uh, filming. Uh, if you see us, we'll, we'll be the two guys in the Amazing Nerd Show shirts. Uh, you know, stop by and say hi if you're a fan of the show. If not, you know, go screw yourself. <laughs> No, stop and say hi, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so that, that so if we're a little off with the news and we're a little behind, th- <laughs> that's why. Uh, we found out there's a Candyman trailer, of course, dropping on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we'll give our thoughts on that next week. Exactly. Anything big that happens, we'll definitely talk about next yes, week. Yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, to jump right into it, man. So what did you think of the uh, bigger reveal of the Batman suits, the uh, behind-the-scenes uh, like pictures that we saw of the stunt double on the Bat Cycle, because we talked about the camera test footage mm. that they released and everything, which was you know this weird red light, you know, uh, you know video, but we really couldn't really get a good look of everything. This was a much more defined look. Of <laughs> I mean, the it's suit. out in the sunlight, David. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I didn't have a problem with it beyond you know. It looks like it's like a pre-rendered like version of the suit, so I'm assuming... And what I mean by that is like we don't have any effects on it or anything like that. There's no cape, obviously, because he's on a motorcycle. It's a stuntman who probably doesn't want to die while yes, he's doing so this. Yes, so most likely. Either, well, <laughs> they might go no cape for that you know, scene in general, mm-hmm. which is more practical. Because you know, if this is more of a grounded Batman, a year one type deal... You know, I don't care how grounded Batman is, he is not a practical man. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. But this, I mean, you have to admit, the suit does look yeah. homemade-ish compared. This, this mm-hmm. does feel like Batman in hockey pads, 
you know, to quote, you know, <laughs> a dark night. Uh, but that's fine, you know, mm. because it is year one and everything like that. I kind of like that. But, I mean, with the cape, it also might be CGI'd. You know, it might be a case that they're not going to have the stuntman on this bike. That's always just good CGI. Risking his life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's definitely been a mixed reaction from fans. Uh, a lot of people have issues with the cowl. Um, it does look a little wonky, I guess, you know, around the eyes. Uh, I mean, it's completely blacked out. I'm wondering if there's going to be some CGI effects. I don't mm. know if they're going to go with, like, the white lenses here. I don't know if it's just, like, this is kind of a scaled-down version of the suit since it's a stunt double wearing it. Um, but I don't know. I didn't have a problem with it. I actually, I think my issue, my biggest issue or concern was, like, the the forearms, the gauntlets, it seems like he has on. But I'm wondering if that has more of a practical reason behind mm -hmm. it, you know, because he's riding the bike. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like bracers or something, like mm -hmm. something that allows him to take an impact when he's punching. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely reminds me of the Arkham video game, mm -hmm. though. You know, um, it's still, you know, I, I like that it feels like it moves, you know. Um, the collar's a little weird. Which yeah, I didn't, so. I didn't notice it on the uh, camera footage, the mm -hmm. test footage that they had. But there is more of a pronounced collar, it seems like. But I mean, this might be just one version of the suit. You yeah. know, maybe this is what he rides when you know he wears when he rides his bike. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's still early. So uh, there was a shot of another um, uh, person on a bike. People were speculating whether or not it was actually Catwoman. Um, but you can't really fucking tell shit. It looked like fucking snake eyes to me. Like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know how you guys are getting Catwoman from this, you know. Um, but whatever. So the bat cycle looks cool, though. Oh, you like it? Yeah, I think it looks cool. I don't know. It's, it's more scaled back. It, it felt like what I would see out of a cartoon Batman film, but I didn't have any problem with that. I like it. I, I think it's got style to mm. it. Yeah, it kind of gives me like that like year zero vibe, you know, from uh, Snyder's run mm -hmm. when he faces off against the Riddler. So, um, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I'm digging it so far. I, I, I really can't hate on it. I mean, and once again, this is probably a version of the suit. Exactly. You know, who knows? This, is, this isn't the final suit, I'm guessing. So, the final look, at least. Yeah, speaking of first looks, we actually got our first, well, look of uh, Cletus Cassidy, Woody Harrelson, um, on the set of Venom 2 uh, via uh, behind-the-scenes, like, you know, Photography, I guess it was probably just someone with a camera walking down the street or someone from a building. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I'm sure they're not thrilled that it leaked. Um, not the most like flattering look. I'm, I'm sure they're going for like that trailer trash vibe. And, and that works for Cletus as a mm. character. He's rocking the Hawaiian shirt. Um, the hair's definitely an upgrade. Um, he doesn't have that sideshow Bob look that he did at the end of Venom. Uh it's this weird, like, I don't know, almost like pompadour type deal. Uh, it looks like a bad hairpiece, though. It definitely looks like a wig. Still. Do you think they go that way, where it's just like, maybe he's just changing redheaded wigs throughout oh, the... Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be a weird, like, character choice. <laughs> it's Cletus, man. <laughs> uh, it is. He is a psychopath, but, I mean... It is what it is. I mean, I guess it fits the character. I mean, he is super sleazy and everything mm. in the comic books. Um, I don't know. He looks like a character from The Family Guy for me. 
You know, um, what's what's the neighbor the the horny neighbor's name? Um, Quagmire. Yes, he definitely has a Quagmire <laughs> feel to him. <laughs> um, but that that works for Cletus, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wish they would have like just let Woody fucking go. You know, natural born killers with this. You know, in my mind, that's when they announced that Woody was, mm-hmm. you know, taking on this role. I was like, oh, it's fucking perfect, man. He was Mickey and, you know, it totally works. But now I feel like they're going this whole different, you know, angle with it. And I, I'm just, I, I don't know. And I obviously am down on it. If you listen to our review mm-hmm. of Venom, I'm not too excited for the <laughs> sequel. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's a different creative team, at least, around at this time. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the look overall? I mean, I just, I thought it was like my grandfather showed up on set to do, <laughs> do a movie, but <laughs> beyond that. Well, I mean, Woody is, he's got to be in his fifties or sixties at this point. I guess, but I, I mean, I've seen him in other films recently and I just don't, he yeah. he's never given me that vibe. That's true. He does, he is pretty timeless. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was, yeah, you just saw Zombieland too, right? Exactly. So... Yeah, he doesn't feel like an old man there, but yeah, this this look is not doing him any fucking favors. He definitely feels like an old frumpy guy, uh, you know, on vacation or something. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I will hold out hope that, you know, this movie ends up actually being... I mean, good. it's Andy Serkis. You know, yeah. I, I, have, I have a lot of faith in him. Yeah. I don't have a lot of faith in the studio. It's Sony, <laughs> though. <laughs> He can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah. And he he doesn't have a giant like volume of work as a director right now that I can be like, oh, well, you know, he'll take care of it. I don't feel like he'll have the leeway to like steer the ship, you know, out of the muddy waters that Sony will definitely put him in. True. But I just think it's his CGI experience that really leans into it for me. Yes. I mean, I better see some fucking great like Mm -hmm. mocap work and everything because he would have been fucking great as Carnage. That would have been Absolutely. fantastic. I, I agree with that. I don't that. have a problem with Woody Harrelson, <laughs> but yeah, that would have been fantastic to see him play Carnage. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just weird that we got like two back-to-back, you know, leaked footage looks at, you know, mm-hmm. characters. Ba- the Batman one is so fucking clear. It's crazy. <laughs> like No, someone was like on set taking like photos yes. with their phone. But you remember, we felt like that with the Joker. We were like, did the studio do this? Did they send this out on purpose? That you remember, it like, was the, like almost every single day that they were shooting. We was, were getting like full scenes, mm-hmm. it felt like. You know, the Joker running, getting hit by the cab. You remember that? Yeah. Like, that was like, I felt like it was like the first month of shooting. <laughs> so I'm, we'll see if there's more like that. They need to tighten up the ship over there, DC. <laughs> All right, David. Well, here, we got plenty of other news to talk about. But before we do that, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. All right, starring up, Damon, Bob Iger steps down as Disney CEO, effective immediately, and names his replacement. Yes, who is Bob Chepik. Uh He is, I guess he was working on the Disney Park side of things. Experiences and products, it says. Um, I have no idea who the fuck that is, but I mean, hell, that's a, quite a huge role to mm. be uh uh filling uh this came out of nowhere this definitely feels weird i mean it's a huge story 
I mean, you think about it. Iger really, I mean, he brought in fucking Marvel. He fucking, you know, launched Disney Plus. He bought Fox. I mean, so, I mean, this guy has been doing a lot of fucking work for Disney, making a lot of money. And this just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, He's sticking around. Um, They gave him some other title, uh, I guess, through 2021. Um, Oh, the the role is executive chairman. So I don't know what that necessarily means. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. a shuffling or just, you know, okay, we want to help you with the transition. So whatever. Um, But yeah, (laughs) usually with something like this, you hear about Mm. it for like months or rumors and everything. But we didn't hear anything at least. Um, So it feels a little weird. And the whole effect of the Meadly thing, you know, also, I don't know. It sounds like almost like it was forced. That was, And that's me re- reading between the lines, <laughs> was obviously. That, was that part of their statement? or was Yes, that, that's part okay, of it. That's not just like headlines. No, this is happening now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. But that was, that was also a phrase used in multiple headlines. So it felt like it was part of their press release. So, um, yeah. And I know, reading here, it is part of their press release. So, yeah. Yeah, bizarre. Right? No, extremely. But I, I mean, could you imagine picking up that job after him and like Some big shoes to fill? <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like, I mean, I don't know exactly what Bob Chepik did for like the you know event side and mm-hmm. everything. But what they've been doing with Disney World and everything across the globe, galaxies has been and everything huge yeah. the last few years. Right? Yeah. So I mean. Maybe it's something where he's been, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. groomed for mm-hmm. the position and he has been for the last couple of years. So for them, it's like a total natural transition. But, you know, for us, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, I'm just wondering if he could take like Kathleen Kennedy with him. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if it is a forced situation, I feel like, you know, she's partially to blame or, you know, his loyalty to her is partially to blame. Um, but that's just me griping well, about Rise of Skywalker still. Well, I mean, even if you think about that, the amount of money that they should have made over some of those films and properties that they've had should have been astronomical compared yeah. to what they actually did make yeah, in I the mean, last few. Solo, Rise of Skywalker, both huge disappointments mm-hmm. in their eyes. You know, I mean, luckily, you know, for them, they had plenty of other billion dollar franchises and both of those, well, Solo didn't make a billion dollars, but Rise, I think, ended up making a billion dollars mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but I mean, people were kind of saying it's the first like billion dollar flop, um, which is insane to even think about. So, I mean, definitely disappointments, but I mean, they, once again, they can't complain about the Disney plus numbers also. I mean, for every rise of Skywalker, there's a Mandalorian, it seems like. So I don't know, man. And that's just two nerds speculating. Mm. Um, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be more stuff leaked out, you know, in the coming like days, if it was something else, you know, that happened, um, it's just crazy. I mean, I, I wonder if there's going to be any like huge changes. Yeah, I mean, it feels like they have a very set course at this point, but I'm wondering if, you know, we'll see, you know, some more reshuffling, you know, with different names and everything. Um, but only time will tell, I guess. Yes, maybe it's time for new everything at Disney. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with new blood. Well, speaking of Disney and Star Wars in general, Lucasfilm is to launch Star Wars The High Republic publishing campaign this year. Yeah, this is weird because this was literally the night before, mm-hmm. 
you know, everything broke with Iger. That's, um, that's done for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, this was, I mean, people were, like, the rumor came out over the weekend mm. that they were going to make this huge announcement on Monday. Of course, people went straight to the films. Um, but, like, if you read the release, it kind of felt like it was going to be more about the publishing side of things. So um, I wasn't necessarily surprised. I know some people were definitely disappointed, you know, with the release. Um, but I don't know. We've heard rumblings about them wanting to do something with the High Republic for the last couple months. Um, what we heard was on the film front, but they're doing a straight, like, publishing blitz. This is going to be, you know, books, comics. Um, they're going to do like young adult novels, kid books. So uh, just across the board. Um, Exciting times, Damon. <laughs> Exciting times. That is sarcasm from my uh, <laughs> co-host. <laughs> so Christian isn't necessarily too uh, keen on everything that was announced. And it does look kind of bland. I will admit that. Uh, um, if it anything, is it's tan. <laughs> yes, lots of tan. There's lots of tan going on. Um, but I don't know, man. I I understand why they're exploring this time period, you know, for Star Wars. Because it, it's kind of in a safe spot mm -hmm. where it's unexplored territory. We've never really had stories come out from this era. So you're not stepping on any toes. Um, this is taking place 200 years before Phantom Menace. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is a time where, you know, the Jedi are, you know, in full force, um, pun intended, I guess. Uh, this is a peaceful time where you, I mean, they, they liken the Jedi to the Knights of the Round Table, um, where they're protecting the realm. Um, you know, they're not dealing with the Sith. So, um, they introduced in, you know, this whole, like, uh, press release, it was like this whole, like, little trailer video, um, the new villains who they kind of coined them as almost like space like Viking characters. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Christian's look is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Did nothing for you, huh? Not not a damn thing. Um, you know, the one thing they say is that you know the Republic doesn't stretch across the galaxy. You know. Um, so they're kind of dealing with this problem of, you know, exploring new planets, interacting with new, like, species. And so it's a thing, right? Um, new ground, new stories. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to give it a chance. I think I'm a little more optimistic than you are. I feel like um, this, this sounds better as, like, a theme park attraction than it does... A theme park attraction? I should totally <laughs> see, like, oh, I'm going to the High Republic era, and I'm, like, getting to learn how to be a Jedi and stuff like that. I, I can't imagine it story time-wise. I think it's a cool time period to think when I'm thinking about, you know, Darth Plagueis is in the background somewhere learning how to live forever, you know, while this is all going on. Well, who's on. to say they won't eventually tell that story? Mm -hmm. So... It does feel like filler. It does feel yes. like, okay, we got a couple of years in between movies and everything. We want to go ahead and explore this new, you know, era, you know, or old, I guess, era, and tell different stories. 
it's a huge, you know, media blitz. Like, they're literally, I mean, they're doing the gambit. They're going to give us every form of media with this and everything. I'm sure eventually we'll probably get a show or something out of this. I don't foresee a movie, um, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't, like, end up having, you know, even video games and stuff like that, you know, to tie into this if it's successful. So, um, you know, we got to look at some of the different characters I don't know. Um, Nothing really clicked with me, I guess. Um, Like we were saying up front, a lot of tan. Mm -hmm. Um, None of the characters really popped. Um, It was like kind of what you would expect from like average, you know, fan art of like the Jedi. I guess. Yeah. You know, the character's designs just didn't do anything Mm -hmm. for me. So, I mean, we saw a Wookiee Jedi. That's intriguing. Um, we saw a young Yoda, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it's actually Yoda. Because, yeah, I mean, when they were talking about the films, the rumor of the films, mm-hmm. they were saying, oh, we, we, we'll see a young Yoda at this point. Because he would be only in his, what, like his 300s at this point or whatever. 400s, I guess. Um, so, sure. I mean, that's interesting, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. So, <laughs> I'm going to give it a chance, you know. Uh, but, yeah. It was underwhelming. It was definitely underwhelming. I can I can concede that. Because <laughs> even the villains, like, they just look like different aliens that we mm. saw before. Just like, like, totally done up, like, steampunk style. Like, here's some alien races that you've seen before and with a bunch of, like, gadgets and stuff on top of them. Which is like, okay. Well, it just looks like a mess. I don't know what the hell that is. Or, you know. <laughs> It doesn't look like fucking badass, like Darth Maul or something no. like that. So, and they actually got it's from the you know little like trailer release that they did. They actually got the guy who created Darth Maul mm-hmm. to do some of the character designs, but you really couldn't tell. So, um, I mean, I'm excited to read whatever Soul's working on. Yes, yes, and that's what I was going to get to. Yeah, Charles Soul's is actually the author of uh, the Light of the Jedi, which is the first book being released, the first adult novel being mm-hmm. uh, released. So I'll probably pick that up and see where it goes. Um, you know, it is the one with the uh, Wookiee Jedi on the cover, so that's cool, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck does that look like? I don't know, but you better have a purple lightsaber. You better be tearing people's fucking arms off, or like using the force to tear off their arms. (laughs) That's not the Jedi way, (laughs) David. Whatever. It's the Wookiee way, (laughs) goddammit. So, I don't know, man. A lot of tan. There's a lot of tan. Just, I don't know, it did, really didn't do much for me, so, but maybe they'll surprise me, and I'll just be like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. But probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you love the High Republic. Shut up. Well, <laughs> so like one of the things that was a little troublesome mm-hmm. that kind of came out with this was the fact that they mentioned in one, I think it was one of the press releases, um, that this era, these stories will help redefine the Force. That there is something that we don't know about the Force, apparently. I'm, I'm trying to think of the actual phrase that they use because I don't have the press release in front of me. Just, um, like a secret about the Force, which is like, what? What do I need <laughs> to know at this point? Well, especially since this is a prequel, mm-hmm. really. Like, I don't know. It just feels like, I don't know, a cheap ploy to kind of sell books, but whatever. 
Um, and I don't want them to fuck. Like, I, I'm fine with the Force the way it is mm. right now. I don't need you to fuck around with it and, you know, make it even more confusing. You know? Um, so, it is what it is. But, you know, maybe they have a way of, you know, I don't know, making sense of midichlorians or something. It's all a lie. It's a system we created. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I'd be okay with that, honestly. But that's fine. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Well, there was there was actually more Star Wars news that came out this week. So reportedly, um, there is a new Star Wars film in the works from J.D. Dillard, who uh, directed the movie Slight, and uh, the Luke Cage writer and Agents of Shields writer uh, Matt Owens. So, I didn't see Slight. Did you see Slight? No, I okay. heard about it. A lot of people said good things. Okay. All right, so it, like it was at least like mm-hmm. it had some buzz or something, you know. It, it, I mean, he doesn't have a huge like volume of work right now, no. so which I'm fine with. Uh, you know, them grabbing you know someone fresh and new. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, so no one knows whether or not this is going to be a film necessarily. I mean, this says film here, but then people are speculating whether or not it could actually be like a Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, does this tie into, you know, the High Republic? I don't know. You know, it it seems like no one really does except for, you know, Bob Iger and he got fired. So. (laughs) Allegedly. No, no, not even allegedly. He did not get fired. I'm I'm just being an asshole. No, but yeah. So I don't know. I, I loved Luke Cage. You know, so <laughs> I'm excited for Matt Owens. I just don't know much about J.D. Dillard. Um, but like I said, you know, fresh eyes to the franchise. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, God, because we've got a lot of Star Wars coming out and we don't know shit about it. I mean, there's supposed to be a film December 2022. And that feels like right around the corner. And we literally have no idea what the movie's about. <laughs> and that was supposed to be the Game of Thrones guys movie. Yes. So that just feels like really close for like nothing at this point. Because they have to like really be like actually like starting working on that now. Like mm. that should probably be in pre-production at this point. They probably have a deadline by D23 or something yeah. like that. You yeah. think that's when we'll start getting yeah. like news or some kind of press conference for it? It, it would make sense because there's plenty of Marvel projects they haven't announced, and that's still you yeah. Know, but if you think about corner. it, they announced a lot. I mean, True. we know where they're going for the next <laughs> like two, three years. They literally gave us a timeline and a map and everything. So I mean, Star Wars is just kind of in the dark right now, um, and I'm, it, it makes me a little worried that they don't necessarily know where they're going. And or, I'm wondering if the whole Game of Thrones guys, you know, stepping away, if that kind of like put everything you know, just like on the back burner or they had to like, you know, shift the timeline, which is fine. If they need more time, they need more time. I'd rather have them take their time, you know, than being stuck Mm -hmm. or like a slave to the schedule. Um, I'm glad that it seems like there is a year in between film releases because it's literally like uh, 2022, 2024, and then, you know, 2026. Mm. Yeah, which makes me almost feel like, is this a trilogy? Mm -hmm. You know? It will be. So, but well, but we've got Ryan Johnson who's supposed to have a film here, and then we also have Kevin Foggy supposed to have mm. a film. Are these like part of their like? Are they part of the, you know this like schedule, or are their films completely separate? 
Because well, we were told also that mm-hmm. we were going to get less Star Wars. So this <laughs> feels like, this doesn't feel like less Star Wars to me. Well, I just think, you know, they're they're definitely, like, taking a different approach to everything at this mm-hmm. point. You know, after what they've seen with the last three films. I hope so. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> all their experiences so far, they definitely have to go a different route. And, you know, we've already, you know, the other thing is that we've already heard that they want to restructure the way that they release these films. Rather than being trilogies, they'll be, like, you know, single stories or they'll mm-hmm. tell it in a different type of, like, like... Almost in a Marvel kind of way, where they're trying to just build a universe rather than, yeah. um, you know, stick to like sagas and stuff like that. Because I definitely feel like the trilogy format mm-hmm. hurt, you know, the last couple films. You know, the fact that they were so so beholden to like that trilogy format, where you know, Rise of Skywalker really felt like it should have been two movies instead of one. But because of that, I felt like they had to just do it in one movie, and it felt rushed and mm-hmm. just a whole clusterfuck. So, um, you know, I hope that's where they're going, but I don't necessarily trust them at this point. Everything that we're saying, oh, well, they're going this new direction. That's all hearsay. That's not actually <laughs> something that's actually been, you know, said. You mm-hmm. know, it's been kind of implied, but I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. So I'm sure we'll get more, like, information in the next coming months. Because, I mean, even, like, with, like, even D23 feels like, what, is that August? Yeah, usually. Yeah, because even that feels like, all right, then you're like two years out. So I, I feel like usually you start at least hearing leaks or something, you know, at that point. So so I'm sure in the next couple of months we'll start hearing more of an a concrete idea of where, you know, where they're headed next. Because um, also we heard the story that they they weren't going to do solo movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it's odd. It's odd. You know, could we be getting like Old Republic? Could we finally be getting there? Maybe. We'll see. I'm yeah. not going to get my hopes up, but we'll see. <laughs> as long as it's not High Republic, right? <laughs> it's just a boring time span. It, it does. It does look <laughs> kind of mundane. Like, it's like... I, oh, I haven't even seen or heard anything about it, and I'm already telling you it's, it's a gonna boring be, time It's going to be your favorite fucking <laughs> Star Wars-like era now. You're going to love it. <laughs> you see. You wait and see, Christian. All right, so let's go ahead and move on from Star Wars and talk some horror movies. We got some information about Robert Eggers' next film, The Northman. Uh, in an interview with his longtime cinematographer, Jargon, I'm messing up his name, Jaren Belschick, um, he basically went into detail about the story. Um, it sounds like it is going to be a Viking revenge movie um, that is set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. Um, so, and it's a, I guess a piece that Igers ended up working with, uh, Icelandic poet and novelist Saujan, it says, I'm once again slaughtering the name, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he worked on this with another writer. So I believe the other two films, Lighthouse and the Witch was something that he penned alone, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, so uh, the cinematographer went on to say that it's unusually violent. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the sound of it. Mm. Um, and that it is much bigger in scope. So um, he also said, and Agers has said this too in the past, that it is a spiritual like trilogy, the way that they view these movies. Agers, 
um, in the past has said that, you know, he's trying to commune all the New England folktales from the past, um, you know, that he heard growing up. Um, so th they're all companion pieces in a way, I guess. So uh, I'm absolutely excited to see what he does next. Um, you know, the yeah. leprechaun. No. <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> wouldn't it be something if you like sign on for the remake of the leprechaun i'd watch it yeah, sure <laughs> i would watch it but i'd be horrified for all the wrong reasons <laughs> um <laughs> but him you know tackling vikings mm -hmm. fuck yeah give me vikings that that's awesome man um yeah, no, I mean, I, I, The Lighthouse was one of our top films of, you know, 2019. So, I mean, we'll definitely be keeping an eye on this. Uh, do you think Sarah Logan got a role? Well, I mean, she's not doing much of anything right now. <laughs> Although she is in the Elimination yeah, Chamber, surprisingly. I don't know why. <laughs> it's because her other two teammates are in there. And they're going to do a whole spot with the Riot Squad, obviously. Okay, because that was really needed. But anyway, let's... <laughs> We're not talking wrestling this week, so... <laughs> All right, but okay, let's move on. We also got a, another trailer for A Quiet Place uh, Part 2. I don't know why you came all the way up here. There's nothing left. Please. There are people out there, people worth saving. You won't survive. So this is, I believe, the third trailer we got for this. Mm -hmm. um, this is a much shorter trailer. It's about a minute long. Um, we get another, we get a better look at kind of like the community it seems like they run into or, you know, it, it seems like it might be a community of different people. It definitely still has that strong like Walking Dead vibe to me. Um, it looks like we're also going to be getting kind of a look of like, you know, ground zero of when everything started. You know, kind of like an origin story, maybe, or just, I'm sure it's probably just like told through flashbacks. Um, we see one of the characters that she runs into, like, it seems like he's in like a barbecue or something like that. And those fucking aliens or creatures, whatever the hell they are, are attacking. Um, so, and I, I know in the other uh, trailer, we actually saw the father from the first film, you know, Jim from The Office. Um, <laughs> you know, um you know, he makes a cameo of sorts and, you know, he's in the streets kind of like trying to like navigate like the insanity that's going on. So, um, I don't know. She's got a baby in a box. Uh. <laughs> I, I keep trying to think like, how is she going to raise this child? I have no idea. I don't, it's, I still go back to the theater when I first originally watched this film and the big reveal of her being fucking pregnant and like the gasp from the audience because you're right like how would you possibly raise a child in this new world where you can't make a fucking sound mm -hmm. uh, so yeah no you're right i mean they're literally <laughs> traveling with a baby in a box so um yeah i don't know i you know this trailer actually did more for me to get like excited for the film than the last trailer did though okay so i will say that you know it seems like we're gonna get kind of a better idea of what happened you know um from the get-go um like i don't need them to like 
you know, tell retell the whole story or anything like that. But I, I'm definitely interested in seeing like flashbacks and everything. And I like the idea of the family like on the road moving, so they're not just in one isolated uh, space trying to defend their territory. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it looks more like a road movie to me um, this time out. But you know, I don't know. It does have that strong Walking Dead oh, vibe, absolutely. and that also. You know, <laughs> worries me because I've watched that for the last like nine years at this point. You know, you know where the villains are really the the humans. You know, like that type deal. So I I just don't need that story retold to mm. me again with you know giant alien dog you know creatures or whatever the hell, <laughs> whatever the hell they are. So, but hopefully they have a different take on it. So we'll see. They kind of look like the bugs from Super Troopers. The way they attack, yeah. they definitely feel that way. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's pretty dead on. So, hey man, I don't I don't mind some super troopers. The first I, I, one, I, I yeah. get dig. Oh, <laughs> I I don't think I've even seen the sequels. <laughs> don't. Yeah, no, I, get, I dig some super troopers. That was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. We also got a little teaser for Candyman, but I mean, it was next to nothing. It was just a bunch of the actors yes. saying Candyman, pretty much, and a shot of the hook. I'm excited, and we'll talk more about that next week, I guess. Yes. So, <laughs> we got a cool poster out of it, but, you know, of course it drops on Thursday when we're not recording. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right, well, before we move on, this is a word from our sponsor. This just in, the easiest way to monetize your podcast is here. Let us tell you about Podcorn. Nothing is more frustrating than working on a podcast you're passionate about and not knowing how to monetize it. Even in-app solutions from your hosts lead to aggravation and only pennies on the dollar. But thanks to Popcorn, the advertisers are brought to you. No longer do you have to spend hours DMing and emailing companies. Popcorn gives you the floor to pitch your show directly to the right advertisers that reflect your audience. And my favorite part of Podcorn is the fact that you're protected. Not only do they support you during the process, they make sure you get paid. And they're super user-friendly. Well, I like that the Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when they monetize. That's why podcasters should click the link in our show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities today. Podcorn, connecting unique voices to unique brands. But as always, Damon, everything comes back to Star Wars. We're talking the final season of Clone Wars, episode one of season seven. That's right, The Bad Batch. Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. The defective clones with uh, desirable mutations. 99, eh? Huh. Nice touch. They call themselves the Bad Batch. Rex, Cody, and Clone Force 99, an unorthodox elite squad, also known as the Bad Batch, look to recover the Republic strategy algorithm from Admiral Trench. But a haunting truth awaits. So we're we're back into Clone Wars, and you know we're getting that typical clone story that we would get in probably in the middle of any season. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, it definitely, you know, for me, and I feel like I've been really negative with Star Wars this episode, but it felt like kind of your run of the mill Clone Wars episode. Um, mm-hmm. I think what hurts it too i mean like and this happens with a lot of like different tv series and everything like that where you have a certain amount of anticipation and you know 
just, you know, just building up. I mean, we've been waiting since 2014 to, to get a proper send off, you know, to the series. So, and I know we kind of got like, I forget, what the hell do they call those episodes that they released? The unfinished episodes? Um, like, it was like they showed us the storyboard version of it. Yeah, pretty much, right? Um, for like a good handful of episodes. And this was actually one of them. Um, but that just wasn't the same. So, mm-hmm. um, it was an okay episode. Uh, you know, it, it's not the way I would have started off the series. And I think part of the problem is like it's weekly. So it's like, okay, now I gotta wait another uh-huh. week for the next episode. <laughs> no, yeah, they definitely so, could have started on a bigger note. Yeah. Or especially, yeah. Like they really built this up. And well, the trailer, exactly. the trailer was fantastic. <laughs> so, I mean, that definitely didn't help it. Mm. So not that I don't give a shit about, you know, Commander Cody and, you know, Rex and everything. It is what it is. But I was kind of expecting more of a hot start. But we've seen this before with other series. Like, I mean, like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones or something where that first episode is just kind of there because they're kind of like building things up and building up the story. So I don't know if this is going to really tie into like the main storyline of the season or if this is just kind of an episode that they wanted to tell or story. Oh, I'm scared. It's like a three episode arc. It could be. (laughs) It could be because I mean, what, like, Mm. I think it was like four or five episodes that they already had, like kind of, you know, mapped out that we saw in those like rough, like draft forms. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where because I mean, it definitely feels like we're going to get kind of you know, the story um, intersecting with uh, Revenge of the Sith, but it might be in the later half of this season. So, and that's why, I'm, you know, I'm here is for, mm. <laughs> to see where they take that story. So, I mean, it was fine. It was entertaining. It was a cute little story. <laughs> um, not to, you know, disparage it, but it, it didn't really do much for me. On another positive note, I mean, I'm going through a lot of the old episodes still. Mm-hmm. And graphically, I mean, it looks yes. awesome. Yes, the from, new 4K like renders are awesome. From the opening shot, I was like, mm. "Holy shit!" You know, um, yeah. I mean, it, it does look great because my daughter is, you know, starting like from season one, and it's a huge difference. So, um, it does look beautiful and everything. I just, I don't. I was just expecting more than just a clone story the bad batch it just it felt a little cheesy to me mm-hmm. like i felt like i've seen this story before yeah, it's, it's a bad company yeah <laughs> pretty much the dirty doesn't i mean so um and i don't like i you know truth be told like i didn't watch the entire series you know i've been always like a person who's mm. like caught a few episodes here and there if there's an arc that i really like you know i'll pick up on um so i'm now kind of going back and starting fresh with the whole you know series so i'm just not totally invested in the clones and i think that was probably the you know my Mm -hmm. biggest issue with the episode where i'm just like okay but where are the jedi (laughs) (laughs) they're a big part of the show man so i know i I, trust me i know (laughs) so but those were kind of the episodes where that felt Mm. like filler to me and this episode felt like filler to me unfortunately so um yeah but maybe they got a great story to tell you know they have echo god damn it so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know which one echo was but you know whatever so how did you feel about it christian i mean overall i i mean it was it was what i expected from the clone wars but it's not what i expected from a season opener after six years mm. you know I, I definitely expected a big bang or like 
maybe even like ending with you know the transmission that they got from Ahsoka during the trailers. Yeah, like something where you know there was a little bit more shock and all, rather than it just being um, you know pop the possibility of a clone trooper that may have or may not have died in one of the previous seasons yeah you know he was like part of one of their teams that they did focus on a lot Mm -hmm. but beyond that i'm just like you i'm i'm more into the the jedi and the sith element of the show that's how it always is with star wars for me in general so yeah i you know i grew up in the 90s Mm -hmm. you know late 80s and i I, I hate fucking clones. I'll be, I'll be honest, you know? So um, it is what it is. I never really got invested in the clones. So it, yeah, it, when I realized, oh, this whole fucking episode, like we had like the very, you know, first, you know, scene is with Mace and Anakin, but then that's it. Mm-hmm. Like you're just with the clones for the rest of the episode. It's like, ah, that's kind of a downer. <laughs> um so and the bad i mean the bad batch it, it, they felt you know kind of hokey it is it is what it is though yeah. so <laughs> it was fun it, it was a fits. fun little episode you know but you know a, li- a little bit of a letdown no so. yeah and especially when you're going back to that week to week schedule yeah compared to like just being able to binge it. like this is a bingeable sh- is a super bingeable show oh right? yeah this like, episode's definitely like mm-hmm. i think binging it it would definitely be more enjoyable and and unfortunately nowadays where we're at as consumers you know we are you know a binging society so exactly. it, it definitely changes the way you view the medium when you are binging multiple episodes at the time you know that storytelling process changes so much so i mean the format matters and the fact that it is like a single episode every week you know I don't know. I, I just like recently binged like four episodes of The Mandalorian and like two of the episodes were episodes that I didn't really care for. They're like the lesser of the, you know, mm-hmm. season and I enjoyed them so much more. Um, yeah, just like binge. Yes, mind. yes. It, it definitely changed the way I mm-hmm. viewed them. So so do you think this Echo storyline will play out for the next couple episodes and we're going to be kind of like following the troopers on this mission to find Echo? Yes, I feel like if it doesn't end by the next episode, it'll be the episode after that. And you know, it's because we're we're trying to stop um, the clone, not the, the droids, from being able to predict the clones' movements and stuff like that. Yeah, their strategies, and yes. um, that's why they even brought in the bad bad. So yeah, they're suffering a lot of losses, mm. and they're basically trying to figure out how this is happening. Uh, Cody and Rex have come up like they're like no they literally know everything you know that we're thinking and Rex actually speculates right up front that you know this feels like Echo you know the only person who knows all his moves and everything like that who you know game planned with him you know strategy wise is Echo and these feel like you know like the only person who could counter all his moves would be Echo so he starts speculating that Echo might actually still be out there somehow Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that's the truth. Somehow, uh, Admiral Trench has Echo. Um, so I guess that's, you know, the story we're probably following for a little bit. You know, so, like, you know, rewatching the Clone Wars from, like, the first season, it, it felt like they did a lot more, like, one off episodes. Mm-hmm. And, like, continuity wise, they're all over the place, it feels like, um, with the series. 
did at the end, you know, because I didn't really watch, you know, I watched a lot of the mall stuff, but I would skip a lot of episodes that didn't have like mm-hmm. the dark mall stuff going in on. Um, did they still tell a lot of the one off like episodes? Um, it'd be more like as each season comes, mm-hmm. it felt like oh, they're giving longer arcs okay. per like season. Okay. Like they really started like okay, this is a seed into and like. Even the one-offs would at least have something that played into a larger story. Whereas the first season was like one-off, 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 yes. one-off, and maybe two episodes that have to do with something. Yes. That was probably something that they threw back-to-back on that week mm-hmm. when they were airing them. Because back then, they were showing, like, it would be like, Super Star Wars special. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do a special two back-to-back episodes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, like, I... Y- but you're right, where there'd be like a little thread that mm-hmm. might like, you know, connect, you know, connective tissue. If yes, you will. the storytelling changes throughout the yes. entire show. Yes, so, because I, I think I like, I stuck around for the Ahsoka arc and everything, mm-hmm. but then, yeah, I would kind of like, you know, skip episodes. I'd tune in and be like, eh, more clone troopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people love the troopers. They do love mm-hmm. the clones, so... It is what it is. If you love the clone troopers, this is the episode for you. <laughs> <laughs> Were you? I mean, so you grew up with you know with the series, yes, pretty much. I will it tell started you, in twenty oh eight, right? Um, yeah, it was around. Right? I, I don't remember the exact date. I think it's right. So like. So were you like? Did you really get into the series? Like, off I'll the tell bat? you what I I was very much against the series when it first started. Really? Because when the movie came out, which the movie came out beforehand, where it was the new animation and everything, like I was super into the two um, D one that they did beforehand. Yes. Yes. And I think while it was, it was on Cartoon Network, yeah, it was on Cartoon Network. It's like those like fifteen second like videos and stuff like that. Uh, while it was a little ridiculous. I was like super into it. It was very cool. It was a good story. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with this super kids movie mm-hmm. version. Uh, with Snips. The, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, at the time, you know, I didn't see where they were going with Ahsoka, where they were going to do with any of those types of characters. I was like, why the fuck does Anakin have a pad one? You know, everything just didn't make sense to me. And Ahsoka feels completely different. Oh, yeah. Her arc, you know, the character changes a lot over, Mm -hmm. you know, the next couple seasons. So I wasn't prepared for that growth. So just when that first started, I totally avoided everything. Really? Yeah, I I hated the movie. I hated the first season. And then I didn't watch it for a couple of years until people started saying, this is fucking amazing. And so I was like, oh, I'll come back. And I started watching it again. Because there is a generation of Star Wars fans that grew up mm-hmm. with the Clone Wars. And this is their, like, you know, for, like, for, you know, in comparison, like, this is their, like, you know, original trilogy. You know, for me, it all, you know, stems from the original trilogy. That's my Star Wars. But I'm always interested to hear other Star Wars fans from different generations, mm-hmm. you know, their outlook on things. Because I know, I mean, they're, they're people who fucking live and die by the clones and everything. Rex, Cody, all <laughs> you know. And I can't keep them fucking, you know, straight. So it is what it is. You know, I'm just like, there's a whole lot of, like, there's a whole, you know, group of fandom that love the prequels. And I that always astonishes me. So, but that's neither here nor there. So uh, we won't open that can of worms. <laughs> All right, man, so let's move on. Uh, you saw a movie this weekend, right? Yeah, man, I saw Brahms The Boy 2. That's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> 
And now, our feature presentation. Beware his story, one and all. Brahms was never just a doll. To live again, he needs a friend. His deadly rules will never end. If you break them, it's best to pray. For Brahms, wants more than just a play. He's got a secret that only he knows. Something is happening to him. <laughs> love you, Mommy. I love you. Dude. After a family moves into the Hillshire mansion, their young son soon makes friends with a lifelike doll called Brahms. This is directed by William Brent Bell, and it's written by Stacy Menier. All right, David. So it seemed like they really went for that, you know, I'm going to make a franchise type film. Um, that's where this, that, that seems where they just decide to throw all their ideas. Instead of, you know, continuing on with what we got from the boy one, where it's kind of just, you know, psychological, it's a guy, he's just living in the wall. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, that's the big twist. Sorry if I've ruined that for you. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, they decided to make it supernatural so that they could build a franchise from there. And that's kind of what they did with this film. Um, and that's kind of disappointing because there's a lot of elements into this film, which are the reason why I don't hate it at all. Um, because there's a, there's a lot of great elements that they put down on paper. Like, um, they start off the film with this kind of traumatic experience for the mom, Katie Holmes, and her son. And, um, you know, they get, uh, there's a big burglary. The mom uh, almost dies and everything um, in front of the son. And it it's a big traumatic experience, you know. Um, we come back and the kid is refusing to talk um, you know, he's having lots of flashbacks and so is the mom and everything. Um, and then we get introduced, you know, they, you know, they're living in the city, the London lifestyle, you know, is so hectic and crazy. They decide to move out to the farm side. Um, and that's where they end up on the Hillshire, um, grounds and they find the doll in the woods and, you know, from there hijinks. So, um. You know, it, it seemed very much like we were going to get this story where um, the kid is, like, turning into the doll almost. And we, we get a lot of elements where the mom's looking up, like, symptoms of trauma and everything. And we see, like, dolls are attached to anger and violence and stuff like that. And it felt like, I, like for a while there, I was thinking, oh, man, this is kind of cool. Like, it's more, you know, it's more like the kid is becoming angry and this is you know the doll is just a slight psychological beacon of that mm -hmm. rather than it being you know like the, the evil doll that's making everyone kill everybody but you know it's it turned into just another you know demonic doll you know they really went that annabelle route in the third act so they went like pure like supernatural pretty much yes okay. uh, because by the third act which is so just rushed and thrown together. Um, we just get huge info dumps. Um, you know, apparently the doll's been around for multiple centuries. It's been um, like causing all these kids to kill their families and stuff like that. 
Um, Which, that's not in the no, it's first not movie at all. At all. Nor does it make any sense for why the doll is named Brahms yeah. after the guy that lived in the fucking wall. Yeah, the son, yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> so they really just, you know, threw... It really felt like they threw this all together. Um, and by the end of the film, we're supposed to believe that the doll has now become one with the son. And going forward, we'll have, you know, the son be kind of the killer. I'm assuming. Is he living in the walls at the end of the movie? No. He's he's okay. they've moved back to the city and he's got, um, the, doll he's got the doll mask. They threw the doll into a fire. Okay. But the boy's still fucked <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, so if you remember the first one, he had like that yeah. uh, that plastic mask thing. So yeah, there was a lot of great, you know, moments. I thought Katie Holmes did a great job as a mom. You okay. know, um I believe the dynamic between her the son and the dad throughout it. Um, Still don't know what the fuck Katie Holmes is doing in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Katie Holmes? I don't know, man. She felt like she was like on top of the world, and then all of a sudden she like disappeared after mm. Dark Knight. So, or not Dark Knight after uh, Dark uh, uh, yeah, Batman Begins. Yeah, Batman Begins. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's where it kind of all went to shit with Dark Knight, the recasting. Exactly. Um, it's fucking Tom Cruise. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she divorced Tom Cruise and he destroyed her career. Right. Now she's in fucking Brahms the Boy too. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Scientologists. Um, the <laughs> film come after us. Now. <laughs> this film like center like the theme was you know started off as trauma but then you know it became your typical oh, yeah. cookie cutter supernatural exactly spooky doll movie yeah cinematography wise it's pretty much you know paint by numbers um, nothing too crazy or special um, it's not like anything you're gonna get from like Ari Aster or anything like mm-hmm. that um, it is it feels short really you know like it is only like an hour and a half I think well it sounds that sounds like it was a good thing though in the long run right I guess in the long run <laughs> but it's just like I felt like I could have used more of them just, like, showing the kid kind of being manipulated by the doll or something. Like I don't know. It's But again, it's... Letting breathe, maybe. Exactly. Especially if the third act felt rushed. Mm. Oh, saying. everything felt so, like, just like, hey, this guy's this. You know, um, we, t- we turn out the grounds manager is, um, like, crazy um, and being manipulated by the doll. Okay. Stuff like that. Aren't so they always, just, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you a fan of the boy, the original? You know what? I didn't hate it. I wasn't a big fan because it just it came off cheesy. I don't know. It's just kind of there, right? Yeah. I was surprised they were making this, but I mean, it was successfulish, mm-hmm. I guess, where it made money. So I'm guessing that's why you know this got greenlit. Um, I'm just surprised that they kind of threw everything that happened in the first one out the window, since it is like the you know re- it's returning like creative team. Exactly. Basically, I... it's the people. It looks. It's basically the people who are behind the first one. But they're like, oh, no, we need to make a, a, a franchise. We kind of paint ourselves into a corner here. You know, um, would you... Because it sounds like the changes are almost like uh, Friday the 13th-ish. Exactly. That's like, I was going to get there. I was like, this kind of feels like, oh, they're creating their own Jason. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're like, okay, wait a sec. We fucked up. <laughs> we cut off the mom's head. So now we got to go ahead uh-huh. and introduce this fucking crazy redneck in the woods, you know who's Jason, even though Jason died as a young boy. So, but, you know, whatever. Um, but you're saying this, because obviously that worked, but mm. this did not work. Most iconic villain of, yeah, yeah. of <laughs> Amazing Nerd Show. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, um, but you're saying this did not work. No. For me, it did not work. 
but you liked some things that they were proposing. The idea is this the execution mm, that felt flat. Because like if if you had kept that same through line, get rid of the demonic doll, but he becomes you know, obsessed and becomes a killer in his own right mm-hmm. because of the trauma he's faced. And he still finds the mask and, like, uh, kind of just turns on his own, goes a little nuts on his own. I could get behind that. Maybe yeah. he's just, like, using the doll as a beacon. He could almost become, like, like his... It's implied, uh, almost, that the doll's driving him crazy. Yeah. You know, but it, it's kind of questionable whether or not he's just going crazy on his own. Exactly. Like, is it, like, basically pretty, like, cut and dry, like... The doll is possessed. You're seeing the doll like actually yes. do things from like the moment he's introduced. You immediately start seeing his eyes move around. Oh yeah, and then okay. his head turns. Like at least like in the first one, I remember they played around with that, that was but it was more it was subtle. Mm-hmm. Or you would find out that it was really just the guy in the walls turning it every yeah. once in a while. You yeah. know, which is creepy onto itself. Exactly. <laughs> That was, uh, way, that was way more effective in a, as a horror element than just a doll running around, flipping tables, and doing shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And we've seen the movie before. Exactly. We've seen that movie before. Um, so, all right. Well, all right, man. So, drumroll. What would you <laughs> give this movie grade-wise? Um, it's not going to be my worst movie of the year, but it's definitely not going to be my It's still my the best. beginning of the year. Yes, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a C-. minus. C-. minus. Okay. Fair enough. You know, it's it's maybe it's worth your Hulu time. You enjoyed it more than Fantasy Island. Yes. Okay. <laughs> enough said. <laughs> All right. So that's going to do it for this week. Before we go, go ahead and check out dramacityproductions.com. Uh, you can listen to us there and a bunch of other great podcasts. Uh, you can also find us over at bigheadmedia.com. Uh, once again, tons of great podcasts along with us. Exactly. And if you're listening to us on your favorite platform, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure it's that five-star review. That's right. That definitely helps a small independent podcast like us keep on going. If you liked any of the news stories we talked about today, you can find them on our social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at, at Amazing Nerd Show. Yes, we are your nerd hub for all the latest news and pop culture. Uh, beyond that, if you're looking to support the show, we have merch, guys. We got t-shirts, mugs, the works, all on TeePublic. And then you can also find us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead and pick up some nerd sway and maybe even the shirt of your favorite wrestler. All right, next week we're going to talk about everything that happened at C2E2 and... Yeah, we should be reviewing The Invisible Man. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Hopefully it doesn't suck, Damon. All right, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show. Motherfucker! Send them, you would destroy this and not join them. Bring balance to the 